Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Songwriting Saves the World. If you are currently listening on Spotify, then go ahead and download the episode or follow. If you're listening on Apple Music, you can also follow and download and leave a comment <laughs> slash review. You could comment or you can just press the five-star thing. And if you're listening on SoundCloud, which a strange amount of you listen on SoundCloud. <laughs> we see you and we appreciate you. We see you and we appreciate you, but it's also, it's interesting. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But um, yeah. So, heyo, SoundCloud listeners, go ahead and like and follow and comment, and we just really appreciate it. We really, really, really do. And if you want to keep up with us, which I know you do, you, you do. Can go ahead and follow us on Instagram. Mm-hmm. It's at Songwriting Saves the World. You can follow us on Twitter at Song Saves World, and also like our page on Facebook. Get your family to like it. Get your friends to like it. Your, your grandma, cousins, your, your aunties, your uncles. They're all on there. They are all on there. Nieces, nephews. They're on Facebook. Don't lie to me. <laughs> um, and if you really, really like these episodes, really like if you them. really like them, you can support us on Patreon and become a patron at Songwriting Saves the World on Patreon. For $4 a month, you get extra content from the guests and Songwriting Saves the World laptop stick. So pretty, so cute. So let's hop into the episode with Kamo slash Kate Morgan. Woo! Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Songwriting Saves the World. Today we have an incredible guest, Kamo slash Kate Morgan. Do you have a preference of which we can go by? People? We can go by either. It's actually um, Kamo. I need to put the phonetic. Uh, spelling, I think, in Camo. my... Camo! Um, yeah, yeah, it's like my uh, a nickname that's cool. my first band gave me, like, way back in the day, and I oh, recently... I love that! ...recently returned to the <laughs> to the name for my own. I love spot. that. Thank that's you. super cute, yeah, I like that. Okay, so we have Camo slash K-Morgan. <laughs> I love that. Okay, a little bio, like an introduction. Um... Kamo is an incredible songwriter who's written for The Chainsmokers, Black Bear, Kiera. She also founded The Box LA, a collaborative community and multimedia showcase for women, a place where music's rising stars connect and collaborate with entrepreneurs in fashion, beauty, and lifestyle, which I just think all those things are really cool. So <laughs> thank you for coming thank on. You so much. We're excited. Yeah, thank you for having me. Of course. We do a little icebreaker like intro game called right to our tank mm-hmm. and it's essentially just the musical version of f mary kill okay and yep. so you can write with an artist and then tour with an artist which is strictly touring so there's no writing on tour and then one that you have to <laughs> put in like a festival carnival game water tank oh no yeah and okay. the em. three options are bulo Jorah smith and sigrid wait sorry bulo yeah bulo yeah georgia smith and secret. And secret. Yeah. Ladies, you're putting me in some hot water I'm, here. I know. <laughs> it's um, always a tough game, though. I mean, I'm, I'm a really big fan of... The thing is, here's the thing. It's like, I really... I love <laughs> Georgia Smith. Um, but I don't think I would mm-hmm. probably be the best fit to tour with her. So mm-hmm. maybe, like, right. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. But Bulo and Secret are pretty even for me, to be honest. I have a hard time mm-hmm. putting one of them in the tank. A lot of my friends have written my favorite Bulo songs, and Secret, I just think it's like mm, so cool. cool. So I don't know. Can I not take yeah, yeah, any yeah. of them? Can I tour with 
Those two in right you, with Georgia. You can. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, thank you. You can do a double game. act yeah. tour. It's not it's not a strict game. You know, okay, sometimes cool. there are people sometimes there are people that were like, Okay, we think it'd be funny if like they think how do I explain this? Sometimes people solve the tank issue by being like, Oh, that person would think it's funny or like they wouldn't mind or I know that person so they wouldn't <laughs> mind being in a carnival yeah. tank. But people always find their way, like, around it, which is, you know, it's all part of the game. Well, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Keeping us on our toes, fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> Can you start with just a background of your musical journey and how you got to being all the greatness that you are now? Um, yeah, I mean, it's been a long one. I realized um, the other day it's been, like, almost 13 years since I released my first music. No way. <laughs> um... Yeah, it's, it's been a very long journey, but I started basically, you know, I grew up in a place called Kamloops, British Columbia. It's like a, mm-hmm. you know, mid-sized town in uh, British British Columbia, like I just mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was always doing kind of like, just involved in music. I was in choir, I played the clarinet in the band. Um, I started to kind of have some interest in musical theater, um, mm-hmm. knew I wanted to be in music in general, um, but... Eventually, I picked up a guitar because I wanted to maybe try writing a song, and then that was like, <laughs> that was kind of that. And I was just really obsessed and committed to being in the business, kind of since yeah. that point. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, it's a really long and, and convoluted journey to where I am now, you know. <laughs> but um, I started off as an artist in Canada. Um, I did a record deal there. I had like a little bit of success that didn't work mm-hmm. out. I ended up getting dropped. This very the age old tale. Um, yeah. And then I ended up moving to Los Angeles because I wanted to kind of focus a little bit more on songwriting and see like what that world had to offer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and now here we are on uh, the other side of that. Now where I'm focused back on my uh, music again. Yeah. So it's it's yeah, it's been a long time, but so many so many yeah. stories in there I could go into detail but that's the cool well, happy happy almost 13 years yeah, of happy anniversary being a musician thank you <laughs> I cannot believe oh I've God. made it this far honestly <laughs> yeah I love the journeys like this podcast is all about people's journeys like I just love an origin story yeah so. yeah fair fair enough I mean yeah it started pretty different I was really like just touring my acoustic guitar and playing music and you know I think once I was introduced kind of to the world of co-writing I really and like working with producers mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. um that's when I kind of fell in love with that side of of things and mm-hmm. became mm-hmm. a bit of a, a studio rat for a very long time <laughs> <laughs> um yeah which is where I'm comfortable well speaking of co-writing What's your approach to collaboration when you're entering sessions, since often songwriters do a lot of co-writing? And is it different working with new collaborators versus working with people that you know well and have worked with before? Um, yeah, it's definitely different. And my approach is different kind of every time, you know. I mean, it's it's different to kind of, to, you have to kind of know your role, I think, a little bit when you're going yeah. into a room. Um, and sometimes you don't know your role yet, so you have to kind of, like, feel that out. But for me, mm-hmm. you know, it, all, it also really depends on what I'm doing. If I'm working with an artist on their project, if I'm working mm-hmm. on my project, if I'm just co-writing with another songwriter. But I think the most important thing to do is to just, like, go into it very open-minded, be very mm-hmm. flexible. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you have to check your ego no matter if it's someone, like, new or old. 
that's one of the most important things to do before you walk into any room, in my opinion. Um, But yeah, I really try and be kind of flexible. And I I feel like that's one of, honestly, one of my strengths as a writer is that I can hopefully kind of maneuver and feel out where there needs help or where I fit in in that day. Maybe that day I'm like going to be really on the lyric and someone's like killing it with the melodies. And another Mm -hmm. day maybe an artist really has some like shit to say lyrically. (laughs) Yeah. Stumped musically. So I don't know. Every day is so different. And and, um, yeah, I mean, I have friends... Uh, especially when I was living in LA, like co-writers that I worked with like mm-hmm. constantly and I knew them so well now mm-hmm. here in Germany, like I'm starting to get to know a few of those co-writers and producers, mm-hmm. but you know, it's, it's very casual now, obviously. When no I way you're in Germany right now. Yeah, I am. Um, living in Berlin. I did not so even cool. know that. That is really cool. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's a little bit of a like random part of the journey. I didn't expect yeah. to be over here, but <laughs> it just made sense. Yeah. Yeah, is it different, like, um, being a songwriter and just being in the music industry there versus L.A.? Or, like, versus Canada? Because you've been in all these, worked on these places. Yeah, yeah, it is different. I mean, the you know, it's culturally different, so mm-hmm. um, that's a big thing. Just, you know, it's a little bit more formal here, a lot of the sessions mm-hmm. I've done. L.A. is, like, mm-hmm. a little random. People are always, like, popping <laughs> in and out of the studios. It's very casual. Um but the thing is, I've kind of been able to cultivate, like, my little world here. Mm-hmm. The, mm-hmm. Um, you know, producers that I originally met, I knew all of them when I lived in L.A., and I'd actually come over here to do a camp with everybody. Mm-hmm. So it was, like, very familiar, and it went so well, and I was just needing a break from the hustle of L.A. and wanted to focus mm-hmm. more on working with people that I knew really well, more consistently. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I made the plunge. Made the plunge. Been, Made the trip. Yeah, and it's, it's <laughs> been really amazing and, like, really good timing for me because I've yeah. really been able to, like, continue to work, whereas if I was in L.A., unfortunately, right now, I think it would It'd be It'd be shut down. Difficult. Yeah. That's yeah. cool. So for, um, for co-writing, do you, like, approach writing for yourself and your own projects differently than writing for someone else? Like, do you have certain stories that you're like oh this is for me like this has got to be my voice or like is anything fair game when you're in a session um that's kind of it's that also really depends you know Mm -hmm. I mean I'm not really much of a concept person I know a lot of people that like go into sessions with a big list of concepts Mm -hmm. and for me I generally speaking will be like freestyling melodies and then a random melody with like one phrase Mm -hmm. in it will pop into my head and generally then I like start to build um the story around that so Mm -hmm. if I'm writing for myself and I come across one of those phrases then for sure I'm probably gonna like dig a little bit deeper um but that's part of what I'm learning it's like really part of the journey it's like I've actually getting to the songs that we're actually going to be putting on my EP yeah part of my problem with actually getting to them was that sometimes I would sit down with this like huge expectation of like, a, I need to say something like so deep yeah. and so important mm-hmm. and my message has to be so clear, mm-hmm. which all of those things are true. But I think sometimes when you're putting too much of that pressure on yourself, it's actually just not helpful. Yeah. So I'm in a bit of a phase right now where I'm really just like, let's just write the best record and then <laughs> figure it out. Cause that's what obviously needs to happen. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not that pressure. I just want music to come out. And that's part of why I'm I'm an artist. Yeah. You know? It's like yeah. I'm just writing so many records and it makes no sense for them to just be 
sitting on a hard drive and not for sure. seeing the light of day. Yeah. Um, so I'm kind of just like a best song wins. Like whoever I'm in the room with that day, it's like, you, you know, I have to give them all of me. I don't want to hide any, yeah. you know, amazing lyric or melody because I want to keep it for myself. If I'm in the room, regardless of how big the artist is, like I'm, they really have me for the day and whatever ideas pop into my mind that day. I, I love that. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Because I feel like, I don't know, I've heard a lot of people talk about kind of if you're if you're a writer who writes for other people and writes for yourself like depending on how like it can be hard like if there's a story or a concept that you feel really connected to to like give that to someone else but I really like that mentality of just like oh if if like I'm working with someone if I'm in a room I'm there completely and like all of my ideas are there too I like that yeah yeah and I mean, I, I think it's easy to get stuck into like a fear cycle. Of, like, yeah. This might be my best idea, but yeah. like I guarantee yeah. it's probably not. Like you're going to have another yeah. one that's going to feel better and you're going to be like, oh, that idea. So <laughs> I think that's also part of it. You know, it's just like to be too attached to anything while you're actually in the studio. It's like mm-hmm. a mistake. You yeah. Know, the, the less attachment you can have to like any outcome, I think is sometimes where you know, you get the, the best results. I mean, yeah. almost every record that I got cut, like I went into it writing for one thing and came out of it with mm-hmm. a cut, you know, with a completely mm-hmm. different artist that I wasn't expecting. So, and, and never when I was in LA, you know, so many sessions where it was like, okay, this is like, we're writing for Selena mm-hmm. Gomez today. And it's like those, generally speaking, never, mm. never quite clicked and not for her. Yeah. Whereas the days where we just went in being like this, let's just write the best record mm-hmm. that we can today. Those are the ones that ended up going on to get cut or hold or. Mm. Yeah, that's you know. cool. That's kind of that's like, cool. um, I heard Pharrell say one time, so you're kind of like Pharrell, you great minds think alike because he said something <laughs> similar to this. He was like, he was like, just don't be too precious about like ideas or songs. Like, people often feel like oh this is my like best song like I can't like I can't give it to the wrong person or I can't do this or I can't do that but he's like I promise you it's not it's not your best song like you're gonna write a better one tomorrow and just like keep going and keep being free with the ideas that's the thing you gotta keep moving yeah, you gotta forward keep going <laughs> <laughs> how did you get from songwriting for yourself as a hobby into songwriting as a profession um I know you said the story is really complicated. What's, like, the biggest thing, I guess, like, where it really started picking up? I mean, the thing is I got my record deal, and it was kind of not a 360 deal, but I signed mm-hmm. to Universal um, in Canada uh, as a writer and as an artist. So uh, that was, like, I think a big speed up for me mm-hmm. in terms of if I would actually just come into it wanting to be a songwriter, it probably would have mm-hmm. been more difficult for me but because I already had this publishing Mm -hmm. deal in place I was signed to Universal Worldwide um Mm -hmm. you know I was just really I was lucky to be honest in that context I'd kind of done all this Mm -hmm. setup work to get the record deal as an artist and then once I'd done that and said okay I want to take a step back I was no longer signed on the record side but I was still signed on the publishing side so I when I was in LA I ended up meeting with uh my A&R still who works out of the LA mm-hmm. office and she's like this young spunky <laughs> A&R and we just clicked right away and um you know we started working mm-hmm. and that was really what like led me to a lot of the sessions that uh ended up being profitable yeah. um was like my relationship with my publishing company um 
but yeah, I mean, it's, it's interesting because I sometimes think to myself, okay, if I had just come at that as a songwriter, like what, like totally yeah. different journey probably. Yeah. Yeah. I love a, love a you know. spunky A&R. I love spunk. <laughs> I mean, yeah, she was just, you know, it's like, she just felt yeah. like she got me. She was like a few years older than me. She was a woman. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. and yeah. And at the time I was like, I just want to be in the studio. And I'm like, I don't really? have anything yeah. to do. Like I'm living in LA and I'm bored. <laughs> and mm-hmm. she was really like I remember she was like how much do you want to work and I was like six days a week probably and she was like mm-hmm. okay and like literally <laughs> boom you know so I have to you know give her a lot of props as well she yeah really, that's cool she really believed in me at Shout that out time to her <laughs> Taylor Testa yeah my girl <laughs> yeah a little bit like kind of a um, uh, different topic, but talking about the box and talking about that organization. Mm-hmm. Um, how did you like develop it, and where do you see it going? Because we just think it's sick. Thank you. Um, yeah, I mean, it was the night I was living with one of my best friends at the time, Alex Vickery, mm-hmm. um, and she's a songwriter. She's from Australia, um, and we kind of started the idea with just being like, there just needs to be more like nights for women to yeah. play music, especially. Mm-hmm. I feel like, you know, the live music scene is still a little bit dominated by mm-hmm. these, like, men playing folk music <laughs> or rock or punk or whatever. Yeah, There's, like, real. a scene yep. for it. But, you know, as soon as, like, a cute girl puts on, like, a hot outfit and, like, it's all mm-hmm. and lipstick and sings pop music, it was, like, there's nowhere for them to yeah. do that unless they're already a huge yeah. artist. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it kind of started from the idea that we just wanted to have a place for people to be able to come mm-hmm. make music. Um but then, you know, my friend Alex is like, has an incredible entre- entrepreneurial mind. So we kind of started just spitballing mm-hmm. how we could make it into something a little bit bigger than that. And we wanted to just make it basically a community for women, entrepreneurs, artists in every, you know, capacity to come and connect with each other, play shows, do showcases, mm-hmm. have the industry come out to them um, and be able to make connections. And that, and that really is what ended up happening, which like made us so happy. It's like, photographers working yeah. with some of our artists or some of the brands that came there connecting with the artists um or artists like making yeah. friends with each other and like all those kind of you know um and yeah and my my partner also put on a camp cool. an all, all women's writing camp um in LA last year um and that went super super mm-hmm. well so you know pre-covid we were quite focused on our events as well as mm-hmm. uh, the writing camps Post-COVID, we're transitioning more online yeah. and we're hoping to just continue to create a bit of a space and like a curated space of people that are professional and mm-hmm. good at what they do so that you know you can kind of like come to our page to find people to collaborate yeah. with, work with, all of those kind of things. Like amazing. Um, yeah, I hope we can do more events in the future. Yeah. But well, now more than ever, people definitely want to find a community and be a part of something, especially yeah. since it's online and COVID, you can't really... People are seeking out more connections, and yeah, so I think it's a great idea to have that. Yeah, yeah, I hope so. And I think you know, it's also a little bit like you know, when I think about sometimes just the crewing up of women in music and especially pop music, you know, it's Mm -hmm. like you look at so many other genres of music, whether it's hip hop Mm -hmm. or grunge or punk, and like a lot of those genres and a lot of the successful artists out of that, those genres came up because they were really looking at each other and being like oh, you sound yeah, like yeah. a bit like me. Like, we should 
we should crew up yeah. and play shows together and create culture and community around yeah. it, you know? Yeah. And I sometimes feel like for a long time that was missing mm-hmm. for women. And now that, you know, we're all coming to, to our senses, it's like, mm-hmm. it's time for us to kind of crew up a little bit like that. And that was also part of the goal is that we just wanted women in pop to understand that mm-hmm. we do have power when we're together and that it doesn't, it's actually a strengthening thing if you have a lot of people in a, similar world that yeah you can help that's build. beautiful yeah. look at that it kind of um the box kind of reminds me of <laughs> like she's the music like that organization and there's there's mm-hmm. that there's the box yeah, there's yeah, like yeah. women that rock which is like mostly like instagram online type community thing and i'm seeing all these things that i just like love i literally just like follow i'm just like yeah follow all these follow all these pages and all these like communities are so cool creating like culture <laughs> and like a, like a team is so cool and important and yeah I love that yeah I think so too it made me feel a lot better when I was in mm-hmm. living in LA and you know I mean still here too but it's I'm building it up again but that's really yeah. what was special to me about living there at that time was that you know you had all these people around you that just understood yeah. and were doing the same thing and yeah yeah, it's cool, but there mm-hmm. are, you're right, there's a lot of, um, there's, I mean, it's starting to come Yeah, no, I love it, though. It's cool, like, it's not just us. Yeah, yeah, me too, it's exciting. Oh, switching gears back into songwriting <laughs> again. Mm-hmm. How has, well, if it has, how has songwriting, the way that you approach it, changed over the years? Like, as you've been doing it more and you're going on your 13th year of mm-hmm. your little anniversary coming up, how has it changed? the way that you approach it yeah and like mm-hmm. when you said to like your when you like started working more in songwriting be like yeah I want to work six days a week did that change your like approach to writing just by like the volume of writing that you were doing yeah I mean that's the thing I think it's such a fluid mm-hmm. like it's hard to say yeah. how it changed from from this to that and that's when I mean it's yeah. constantly kind of shifting you know I think mm-hmm. that's The thing, it really, there was a time where it made sense for me. You know, when I was in L.A., there was really a time where it was like, okay, you're just like throwing as much at the wall as possible, trying to meet as many people as possible, make connections. Like Mm -hmm. I was saying, build community. Um, And I really was in that grind for a long time, sometimes writing like 13, 14 songs a week. Um, And it's not that I don't think there might ever be a time for that again, but I definitely feel like I'm you know quarantine for me like I'm living with my boyfriend who's a producer and we were able to just like take so much time really like yeah perfect records you know and that's something I haven't done in Mm. probably five years or maybe ever (laughs) so um I don't know it's like I I feel like it was yeah it, it keeps changing but right now I'm really focused on on quality and like taking my time and getting to something that's I I just feel extremely proud of you know, yeah. and I do think sometimes when I was doing that large yeah. number, it was like, okay, you're just like, get to the session, throw your ideas out, whatever mm-hmm. sticks, sticks. But like my focus and my energy wasn't necessarily always, okay, I'm going to stay and we're going to work mm-hmm. until this record is perfect. Or we're going to come back and work on this next week. It was like, we did what we did, send it to our publishers. Yeah. Yeah. Move on. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it is, it's changing. It's still changing. Yeah. It's always changing. And it also depends on what I'm focused on, too, you know? That's the thing. It's like, yeah. there are times for me right now trying to focus on myself and my artist project. Um, but once I have that kind of off the ground, then again, it'll probably 
go back to focusing for a little while on yeah other projects well i can't wait to hear your music me too I'm so excited Thanks. we'll be listening i'm really i'm really excited it's being produced and mixed in the other room as <gasps> <I speak>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah pulling a taylor swift are you gonna like release it during quarantine or i mean maybe we don't know how long quarantine is gonna go on you might have to i I mean maybe yeah yeah uh i'm not sure we're trying to figure out what the what the best plan is Mm -hmm. we're just kind of finishing up the first um round of records then we're gonna shoot visuals for our favorite ones Mm -hmm. and i guess we'll kind of see where we are in the year at that point Mm -hmm. Um, but my goal is just to be really consistent. You know, I've taken a run at being an artist now, I would say one and a half times. <laughs> and, um, I think where I really messed up, honestly, one of the only places that I messed up was just that I wasn't consistent and I would release mm-hmm. a record and it would do okay or well, or it looked like it was starting to build something. Mm-hmm. And then I would get so freaked out and jinxed myself because mm-hmm. I was so stressed about the next one being perfect mm-hmm. and like mm-hmm. what it had to and I would back off and all of this momentum I had built was kind of gone yeah. and I'm trying to come back to it a year later yeah. and go okay now what um and that's where this time I'm like that's just that's one thing I won't mm-hmm. do like once we start releasing music this time like I'm just not gonna stop music. <laughs> no yeah. self-sabotage this time no, and that's the thing. I think it's really in this day and age, especially for new artists, it's like you just have to be consistent, release a lot of good music, yeah. you know. Yeah, I agree. And not be too precious. Yeah, that's yeah. the lesson of the day. Yeah, I think yeah. yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. I hadn't thought about the consistency thing, but it can be like you put out, yeah, the pressure of like you put out one thing that you like and you're like, okay, that's doing well, but then what's in that like the constantly building can be like stressful but people have to like yeah. see your name or like hear your music over and over again to like build an audience so I think that makes sense yeah yeah and I mean you just should share like you know we're musicians yeah exactly like, I'm a musician I write songs like and I need to just you just gotta share what you're working on yeah that's the whole the whole point right so yeah and evolutions are good things for artists too. I think it's good yeah. for fans. Oh, to, to I see love that. to see someone to see an artist change and grow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I Me love too. it. Me too. It's kind of the best part. Yeah, it's really it's cool. It's the best part. It's like I I had mentioned yeah. Taylor Swift dropping an album in quarantine, but like I feel like she's the queen of evolution. Eras. Eras. Yeah. There's yeah. always Eras the era. <laughs> but a lot of music. That's why we always get some twenty song album from her. <laughs> always so happy about it she literally released <laughs> yeah. a song this morning i think right she released yeah she what? released oh. the lakes i saw a lyric video i watched it oh. over breakfast oh. it was good nice i didn't have it honestly i have to say as someone that was a diehard uh-huh. swift fan i haven't even listened <gasps> through this whole album i mean <laughs> i'm ashamed so everyone will get to it i feel like it's i mean it's unavoidable to listen to taylor swift even if you're not a taylor swift fan you're gonna be hearing the whole album throughout the course of your life (laughs) true true i mean i can assure you like i really it's crazy because i like really when i got that guitar when i got my first guitar like some of the first things i did a lot of the first songs i wrote were because i was learning taylor swift songs oh yeah for sure like our song was a big one for me teardrops on that guitar oh my gosh our song was the first song i ever heard I remember it. I remember it vividly. I remember being in the car and it came on the radio and I was like, who's that? Oh my God. 
And then later on, when I heard like 22 for the first time, I was on the radio also, and I remember not being able to figure out if it was Taylor Swift or Kesha. That's fair. Super right? fair. Well, thank you for coming on Song Rainy Saves the World. Yes, thank you. Yeah, thank you for having me. It was really fun. Go, and we're back. Welcome back. Song of the week and woman of the week. Do you want to do your song of the week first, or do you want me to do it? Um, You can do yours first. Okay, my song of the week is Send Off by Clay. Mm -hmm. Um, This is a song that I, like, just discovered, an artist that I, like, just discovered. And the song is, like, her voice is very jazz-influenced. The song itself, like, the verses kind of sound like spoken word poetry almost. Like, Mm -hmm. they're very, it's like she's speaking in this very, like, train of train of thought soft tone and mm-hmm. and then the verse kind not the verse the the chorus kind of builds and it's like send off like a sassy song like telling someone to go away like this is your send off a sassy song yeah and so it has a really clear like definite message which i like because it just feels like the whole thing like the verses kind of explore the deeper idea but she does a really good job of of bringing it back to that just like go away I don't want you anymore theme of the chorus and it just like it feels very tied together in a nice little bow and it has great energy and yeah I've been listening to a lot of her stuff this week because I just discovered her and I love her voice my song of the week this week is called fancy shoes by the Walters huh and I (laughs) recently discovered this song from Adri Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's kind of like a sad little indie band, but it's mm, really cute. Another indie band. <laughs> the Walters? <laughs> oh. I'm sorry, but why? <laughs> it's just funny because I'm like exactly what you said. Like, you literally are. We were talking about this just last week. I'm like, no, that's not true. Shout out and last week's episode. Where I call Anik out for I'm having like, that's not true. Unlimited every indie band. I come back. No, I love every it. Week I come back. I love it. I'm gonna thing. be listening to it. Just you wait. It's a good song. I didn't know it until like last week. Saw my friend Adri, six feet apart, socially dis- socially mm-hmm. distanced. Hi, Adri. Hey, birthday Adri, twins. Listening to this. Oh yeah, birthday twins. <laughs> and she was like, "Oh, I found this song because Adri's on her like sad girl mood," mm. and so. I listened to it, and I was like, oh, I really like this. And it's like, where do all the good ones go? And it's like, Oh, no. Was there one that got away? And I was like, where do all the good ones go? I want, I'd like to know, or like something like that. I just started listening to it, so I don't know the lyrics. But it's like something like that. And it's a really good song. And everyone should check out The Walters and check out Fancy Shoes, because it's... I love that title. It's great. Fancy Shoes. Yeah. There's a song by Overcoats that's like, New Shoes by Overcoats. Yeah. That's actually... The first song that I heard from them. Mm-hmm. And then I heard Fire and Fury when we were looking for, like, guitar reference. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, do you know Overcoats? And I was like, I do. And you played that song. And I was like, I don't know that one, though. <laughs> They're really good. Go yeah, listen to are. our Overcoats and interview. <laughs> woman of the Week. Woman of the Week. My Woman of the Week is Joni Mitchell. Oh, what a queen. A queen. Because... I'm surprised we haven't done her already. Me too. I don't think I have. I don't know. I don't think, I, don't I, think I have. But um, we were talking about Melody last week, and you asked me, like, oh, is Melody or, is lyrics. Melody or lyrics more important? And we were talking about that Melody is more important, we think, and that, like, having a strong mm-hmm. Melody is just the key. And I think that Joni Mitchell is the Melody queen. 
I think agree. I think she is just Melody, the Lord and Savior of Melody. Um, if there was like a an award show for who has like the best Melody, Joni, she would win. It'd be Joni. I mean, like, have you heard River? Like that song. Like I wish there was yeah. like. Yeah, so I think that her melodies are really timeless, and that is my main reason for why she's my woman of the week. Um, my woman of the week this week is Demi Lovato. Ooh! And tying into something that we were talking about was honesty in music. Mm-hmm. And I feel like her last album felt like very honest and more herself than any of her music ever has, because obviously before it was more like Disney Channel stuff. Yeah, but still, that was and then, that was literally banging. Like it was so good back yeah. then, even. Yeah, it was. It really like, was. Don't get me wrong. I, I love that, like, Camp Rock. <laughs> oh, no. Same. I will. Le- we should watch Camp Rock. We should. We should have, like, a sing-along. <gasps> I love that. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> but um, I find that, especially in her last album, she's very honest in, like, singles that she's put out. And she's been through a lot, but she still comes out on top. And so she's a very strong woman who I admire. Yeah. And yeah, that's why she's my woman of the week. Incredible voice, incredible songs, incredible writer. Just I was listening to anyway. Actually, I think I was listening to um, a cover. A friend of mine did a cover of anyway. And I was listening to it. Mm-hmm. And that song is really emotional. Yeah. So I was kind of, I've been thinking about Demi Lovato in the past day. Funny that you said that. It's the honesty that really Yeah, is. that song is really you honest. You just have to tap into it. Okay. When you say anyway, I think of your anyway. Oh my. <laughs> That's exactly what I was thinking. I guess about. that one's honest too, but honestly, both of the songs are a little sad. I have a song, so I have a, a song I wrote earlier this year called day. Anyway. <laughs> I sing it all the Oh my gosh. Thank you guys so much for tuning into this episode of Songwriting Saves the World. We'll see you next week. Bye. Even in the dark, I see your face and end up on my own.